what's going on, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know this is Kevin from the Code Progression Podcast, brought to you by MSOD Rocks, Rock and Roll Thrive. Wish you guys a happy Wednesday. As we're already halfway to September, it is September 15th, and emo is not dead, and you're going to find out more about that on this podcast from this band. But before I do that, I want to thank our sponsor, Phoenix Fitness. Yeah, man. Concerts, full swing, still going hard at them, still going strong. Just got back from Blue Ridge, and yeah, four straight days of concerts, Mosh, and my God. I need to make sure that my fitness level was up just to make it through that, just to make sure I wasn't tapping out halfway through. So before that, even still now, I'm going to the gym as much as possible, make sure my cardio is right, make sure my strength is right, to make sure that I hit those fitness goals so that I don't tap out halfway through a show. And how to make sure I recover right and prepare for that right, that's where Phoenix Fitness comes in with all different kinds of supplements between pre-workouts, both stimulant and stimulant-free. I take the stimulant free because I already have enough energy as it is. Plus, me and caffeine don't work that well together. Different BCAA compounds for recovery, different creatine, proteins for AM, PM, and directly after workout, multivitamins, whatever you might need to help you achieve your fitness goals, Phoenix Fitness has for you. Our listeners get 15, count it, 1-5% off at fnxfit.com using the code MSOTD at checkout. So if you're going to do that, please use that discount code to get 15% off because you know who else gets a little kickback because of that? This guy. You know what? That helps the podcast. So let's make that happen. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Now to our feature presentation. Emo's not dead. We've seen that from Matt Cutshaw. We've had First and Forever on here, and they've shown that. And now we've got another band that shows as well. The band is called Census. They're out of Arkansas. And we talk about some crazy stories. We also talk about how pop punk's resurgence is happening and we go deep into why that happens how census puts in a couple of different ideas around pop punk emo metalcore some other ideas that they have and influences in their sound their song tilts we dive deep into that and yesterday we had landon from the plot and you on the podcast and ben the lead singer has a little story about ben well it's not too crazy but just kind of funny that he had a story literally the day after we had him on so kind of funny make sure you stick around for that one but when it comes to census, are you guys ready? I feel like you got to do this like emo wise, so I have to do it more sad. Are you ready? Let's go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression podcast, emo is not dead. And I found another band that perfectly adds to the whole entire lore. I found about this band through watching music videos from one of these other emo bands that I have gotten to know rather well with First and Forever. All of a sudden, these guys came up next in the queue. I'm like, you know what? Let's just give them a list and see what happens. Usually, if I like a band when that happens, I bring them on the podcast and bing, bang, boom, here we go again. So all the way from Arkansas, please welcome the guys from the band Census. So guys, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Hello. Hi, Hello. Thanks for having Thank us. You. Thank you, man. I feel very welcome. That, I mean, yes. that was what I was hoping for. Make you guys feel welcome. And I just always got to ask, how's everything going out in Arkansas during this, you know, day and age of whatever state of the world we're living in right now? Because every Not day well. pretty much changes. It's, it's hot. fucking hot. It's hot. <laughs> yeah, it's hot. Sure. No one's vaccinated. Everyone's dying. <laughs> but yeah. it's not terrible, I guess. <laughs> It's like, oh, it could be worse. You know, we could have alien invaders. Um, we could be stuck in zombie land. But, you know, know. That'd, be that'd, be sweet. Sweet. that'd be awesome. I mean, I'd be here for some alien invaders. And zombies, dude. Fuck both. Fuck, yeah, both, of yeah, both. <laughs> Fuck both of them. Fuck both of them. Why not? But during this time of like the whole entire pandemic and everything, the one thing that I still think it, zombie land made perfectly known was rule number 32. Enjoy the little things. That's right. Oh, yeah. That's, That's right. what you took from that. 
That's exactly what I took. <laughs> I, took I took the rules. Every time I watch, I watch The Walking Dead all the time, and I'm always like, I can't tell you how many times I've yelled double tap. Oh, and man. I'm just like, you should have double tapped, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, apparently when, when The Walking Dead happened, apparently, you know, the, the series started after or before Zombieland became a thing. So they <laughs> don't understand the rules. I mean, do, do, that, is car, do they have oh, good cardio? Are they always checking for bathrooms? Are they wearing their seatbelts? Um, there's a lot of them. They're not. What's they don't the, do any of those things. What's the guy's name from uh, Zombieland, the main character? Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. You totally remind me of him. I was thinking it while you were talking. Uh, oh, I don't know about that. I know I feel good. Dude, I don't know what it is. I, maybe it's just your I voice. wouldn't tell somebody that they remind me of the voice. Maybe the smile. It, it, it might be. I don't know. I, I got used to hearing that I look like discount Fred Durst, and I was kind of happy about God that. Damn. But now I'm just like, it's totally the voice. Yeah, it's the Fred voice. Durst with the voice of Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg. Eisenberg. <laughs> <laughs> A winning combination. Kevin's like, why the fuck am I letting them on my podcast? God damn. You know what? This isn't the first time I've had someone people roast me like this or bring up this kind of crazy shit. But you know what? I love this because then we just have a good time. And next thing I know, I'm getting roasted out of nowhere and being called Jesse Eisenberg and Fred Durst put together. (laughs) It's not a bad thing, bro. I love Jesse Eisenberg. (laughs) Honestly, yeah. Yeah, he's great. I don't know, man. He played Mark Zuckerberg, and now Zuckerberg's trying to basically take over the world via Facebook. And now I can't put this, in, uh, I can't promote this on Facebook because I said that. Oh, dear Mark Zuckerberg, please <laughs> forgive me. I'm right. sorry, Jesse Eisenberg, please forgive me. Don't spite us, Daddy Zuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, before we jump into the like the whole meat and potatoes of this podcast, one thing I'd like to do with you guys and the bands that I have on is give you guys a chance to introduce yourself so everyone gets to know a little bit about who you are. So I'm going to ask all four of you. Three very specific questions. The first two, my God, these are simple as all hell. If you fail to answer these correctly, there might be an issue that we might have to talk about later on down the line. But the third one puts you on the spot a little bit in the most fun way possible. And I will give you some examples of stuff I've heard after I ask that third question to kind of get the ball rolling. So the first question is, what is your name? The second question is, when it comes to census, what do you do in the band? And the third one is, I want to know a little like fun fact or fun, interesting, wacky story about yourself that will hopefully make me fall out of my chair, smack my head on this table and give myself my ninth concussion ever from laughing so damn hard. I've heard stories that have happened that this has come real close where the ones I always remember are uh, there's one band in Florida. They chloroform their lead singer to knock him out. They drag him to a beach. They cover They buried him halfway in the sand. They put a bunch of like ketchup around to make it look like his legs got bitten off by a shark when he woke up. Another one, the guys from Waking Terra, this is probably one of my favorite ones of all time. They, uh, they were driving somewhere and their, uh, their guitarist, or I think it was their guitarist, had to relieve himself. So he had the 64 ounce big gulp from good old 7 Eleven. Man, he went in it. Then he threw it out the window. Oh, only for it to come back in through the window and basically give the drummer a golden shower. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> and I'll give you I'll give you one more. There's this band called uh, Spirit Breaker. Their guitarist, while they were broken down the side of the road, had to take a massive shit due to contaminated Popeyes. And he, we've all been there. And he had to go crap in the median of an inter of the interstate because, well, where else are you gonna go? And all the extra white shirts that he brought for tour 
he had to basically just soil right then and there because, well, he had to clean himself up. Oh boy. Oddly enough, I heard that story first from a different band, and then I got to hear it from the from them like a couple days later. So I'm like, this is just like weird full circle shit, but it was funny as all hell. Huh. <laughs> but I always get I always give those examples, kind of like some of the crazy stuff I've heard, also to get you guys laughing yeah, a little bit because I know you want to hear some of the crazy yeah. ones. So I will let whoever wants to start take it away. Jathan, you got any stories <laughs> ready? Well, uh, my name's Jathan. Uh, I play bass for census. <laughs> and uh, this one time, uh, Jared got a tattoo of my dick on his ass. Facts. Wow. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I should have seen that guy. Yeah. What? <laughs> True. He is thinking it's. Okay, uh, so we were, you see, <laughs> we, we were born in the same hospital, okay? We go way back. We go way we back. We go way back. And so. What else can you do? I mean, <laughs> that's the only <laughs> thing there is. Man. Oh my God. It's your only option. This is not a true story. It's I not. I just like to tell you. Oh, you guys have my hopes up for this. Like, I was really okay, wait. hoping to be. I'm, I'm ready, though. That made me think of mine. So, okay, my name's uh, Ben Carey. I sing for Census. And uh, we had a song called Curse of the Black Pearl that we put out, named after my favorite movie of all time, Parts of the Caribbean. And uh, it released while I was on vacation in Florida. And so on the last day of vacation uh, to celebrate, I got um, the flag from the Black Pearl tattooed on my ass. And that is a real story. That is. So, yes. Well, I, I mean, I can't fault you that. I thought kind of you were going to say you went to like Disney World or something. You were like blasting <laughs> the song during the Pirates of the Caribbean ride because it's like, fuck yeah. I would love to go on that ride. I've seen many of YouTube videos of people doing it. Man. No. Oh, also, if you listen to that song on Spotify, the looping video is me getting the tattoo on my butt. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually true, too. Yeah. Well, now I'm glad that that kind of came back full force where all of a sudden, hey, tattoo. At least I got to hear a story about one of you guys getting an actual tattoo on your ass. So thank you, Ben. (laughs) No problem. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Oh man. Okay. So... Say, uh... Oh wait, is Jared gonna go? Okay, yeah. never mind. My name's I'll go Jared. fuck myself. Oh, oh, oh. My name's Jared, and I play drums, and I also do a lot of the production side of things as far as like scents and you know, all kinds of stuff with our demoing and <clears throat> the more uh I don't know, technological aspects of our compositions. And uh, well, one time I was about 19 years old and I was with my cousin Hunter, who's like super redneck. And he took me out to a crawfish boil. Okay. And we're in Cleveland, Mississippi. I don't know any of these people. And I'm just like this 19 year old, like guy wearing a death metal shirt you know it's probably my uh, my death shirt actually because i wore that all the time <laughs> and so i just like did not fit in here at all but i'll tell you what i ate a lot of crawfish and it was super spicy and uh the people that we were hanging out with were smoking some really cheap weed like it was not good at all and uh something happened somewhere in Along the way, we were like taking all these back roads and they're going to go mud busting and do donuts and cornfields and stuff. And all of a sudden, 
my stomach just drops. And I'm, I'm telling you this story because of the story, because of what you said earlier, because it was just, it was too relevant. So my stomach drops and I said, holy fuck, I have to take a shit now. Like, I can't wait. Stop. And he's like listening to this, uh, this hip hop artist, Big Smo. I know, I know, I know <laughs> Big Smo. Okay, so that's what he was listening to. And he's like, man, this is just my music. You know, this is me. And so, you know, I accept that. But I didn't like the music at all. And so that just made everything so much worse. Uh, but then we stopped and I got out of the truck and I'm just wearing like normal tennis shoes. And I step on the ground and three inches of mud. Just Ooh. like, boom. And it's just like step, step, mud, mud. Until I finally get to the back of the truck on this gravel road. And I just like took the gnarliest shit. <laughs> and it was pure liquid. It wasn't like, I don't know. <laughs> what, I don't know what they put in that crawfish or <laughs> what it was. Maybe I just ate some guts that I shouldn't have ate. Oh. I don't know what it was. But I mean, I got back in the truck and... There is mud everywhere. And he's like, oh, man, you're going to have to clean that up in the morning, bro. And I'm like, okay, that's fair. But, yeah, that's that's about the craziest thing I can think of at the moment. But you know what's funny? Before you told that story, before I came up with my story, I also was going to talk about a time that I, like, shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's, you know, you, you, you brought up the topic. It was hard to shy away from that. That's true. I'm not going to lie, though. The amount of times I've heard people tell me stories about times they've shit their pants or things that they've happened where, you know, they had to go to the bathroom in an emergency has been ridiculous to the point where one band, I think the name of the band is called Lydia Can't Breathe. They were telling me about how they had this weird, like, uh, tour, like, tradition that dealt with poop. I can't, can't really remember what it was, but we came up with an idea where I'm like, I came with a promise to them where I'm like, if you guys come to Milwaukee... Because my best friend is friend uh, is friends with this guy that owns a warehouse. That's where he lives. Is just in a warehouse down here in Milwaukee, and they're known for throwing toilets off the roof. The guy'll just go around if he sees like people throwing out toilets and they're on the side of the road or something on people's lawns. He'll just pick them up and just take them, and then they'll just throw them off the, the roof of his house oh, and fun. just watch them crash. I'm like, dude, if you guys ever come to Milwaukee, we're doing that. <laughs> That sounds like, and so. it's it's and it's weird because it's all based around poop stories. I've even heard stories about where people have just been like in traffic jams and whatnot. And this is both men and women as well. They've just gone like the, they've just gone like on the side of uh, you know semi truck trailers. They've just gone like on the side of them, just away from everyone. Just there you go. <laughs> when you gotta go, you gotta go. Yes. Exactly. You know, it can wait. And it can wait too long. You know, you can't, you can't wait till you get to the next yeah. bathroom. Sometimes you just gotta let it go. Yep. I mean, when nature calls, you know, that's you true. Gotta, you got to answer. You just hope it's not call and collect. When the bussy bops. <laughs> when the bussy bops. <laughs> okay, Bo. Is it my turn? Uh, my name's Bo. I play the guitar. Uh, <laughs> I think, man, like I'm really having trouble coming up with a story right now. Um, Come on. Okay. Wait, so- no. I know what you should do. Uh, uh, what? I hope this is the one you were thinking of. Drop a bird tell, bomb. Tell the story you told me about whenever you flushed your friend's like hoodie or something. Oh, that's, that's like, not that crazy. It's so it's so funny to me though. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's not what I was gonna tell. But uh, yeah, so I was in like first or second grade, and um, I we we had recess. No, 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 we didn't have recess. We had um, sometimes during PE. We had two, like, we could go out in the mornings and do it on the playground and shit. Yeah. 
crazy. Sorry, I'm stuttering like a motherfucker. Um, so we were out on the recess, fucking whatever. You know where the <laughs> slides and shit are? On, on the jungle gym, the playground, that kind of shit. The playground, that's the word I'm looking yes. for. So we're out on the playground, and my buddy, I played football with him at the time. We were on a peewee football team. He left his hoodie on the playground, and I was the last one to leave because I stayed as long as I could. And um, the, the coach that was out there handing me the jacket was like, give this to Josh and, you know, just make sure he gets this back. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. And he's my friend. You know, we don't have any beef or anything. But I just thought it was it would be funny because I had to go use the bathroom. And I thought it would be funny if I shoved his hoodie in the toilet and started flushing it. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's what I did. And uh, it was funny. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, and I went out and told one of my friends, I was like, man, I don't know who did it, but somebody shoved the hoodie in the toilet. It's kind of funny. You should go see it. So he goes in there and he's like, dude, what the hell? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so he, he like went and got a teacher and I guess he told on me and they're like, did you do this? And I was like, yeah, I kind of did. I kind of did. I kind of did so, that. Man. And they, they weren't very happy with me. They, <laughs> so I'm young. I'm, yeah, I'm young. I didn't know what the, you know, what they did. It, they called my parents. I didn't know that. And they were like, okay, here's a note. Give this to your parents when you get home. I was like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. So I'm on the bus on my way home. I got this note and I'm like, fuck that. And I threw it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> so when I got home, my, uh, my, my dad was like, Hey man, you need to tell me anything. Did anything happen today? And I was like, Oh no, it's just a normal day. You know, they called them. I didn't know that. So he was like, all right, that's fine. Normal day. Cool. <laughs> and I walked down into my room and literally everything is gone. I don't have a thing in my room. I have a bed with no sheets. <laughs> Everything is gone. And I walk back upstairs. I'm like, Dad, what's going on? He goes, you did something and you lied about it. And I figured you would, so I took your shit. <laughs> like, okay, fair enough. That's awesome. Fair enough. Dude, that story ended up way better than I even remember. You don't remember that? The part? only part I remember now, but the only yeah. part I remembered, I thought it was so funny when you told me that you flushed your friend's hoodie for no reason. Yeah. No reason. <laughs> we were cool, man. I straight up thought you were going to say, you put the hoodie in the toilet and then you took a shit. No, that would have been good. And then that flushed That would have been good. No, I just shoved it in there. It was in a urinal, too. Oh. I, shoved it in, I shoved it in the urinal and just started flushing as many times as I could. That's, I hope you washed your hands. Kids, yep. do that to your friends. I'll say, because then you come up with some crazy stories and then you'll end up having your parents be notified and you will return home with only no. your bed. Just the mattress, the frame, and you're, that's it. And then, <laughs> yeah, he even took my pillows. Well, look, at the end of the day, your parents might be mad at you because, you know, you did something bad, but they're still probably going to think it was pretty cool. Yeah, they laughed. <laughs> I know they laughed about it. Oh, yeah. It. No way they didn't laugh about it. So you can at least take that and, and run with it. Yeah. Yeah, because I even think about it, too, where it's just, even as I go get older, like there's things in school that I did where I was like, you know, it's like at the time, oh, got in big trouble for it. Oh, this is bad. I mean, my parents probably thought as well. But looking back at like maybe like oh, a, like uh, maybe a year later, maybe two years later, maybe even a week later. But looking back at especially now, I'm just like, yeah, that was kind of funny. Right. Right. It's <laughs> yeah. so when you put it into perspective where it's just, you know, again, zombie land rule number 32. Enjoy the little things. It's those moments in life. It's. Well, they might be destructive at points. Well, it might be, you know, you might, shouldn't be necessarily doing that. But those are the memories you're going to end up having forever. Because, again, you just told this story about when you were in first and second grade. 
Right. <laughs> and it's all because you did something like dumb and funny as all hell. I and we, we remember it. I didn't think it was funny. <laughs> I thought it was funny. And yeah. I said it. Yeah. I it well, now they probably think it's funny. Just like, yeah, you remember the time Bo shoved that kid's sweatshirt that you know, they called us on it? Probably, what was it? I wonder what their reaction was when they heard, yeah, your son was trying to flush someone's sweatshirt down the toilet. Never you even thought about like that. Like, <laughs> your parents were like, what? Well, was he still wearing it? <laughs> he did what now? <laughs> Because like if they're getting a call from school, it's like they're ex- like they're expecting the worst. They're expecting like oh, got in a fight, beat some kid up, or got beat up by some kid, or said something really horrible. But it's like really, that's what he did. Like I don't even know how to respond to that. Pretty cool kid, man. He's not trying to fucking fight anybody. <laughs> so guys, check this out. Old Bo was trying to flush his friend's hoodie down the toilet. I didn't succeed. Just so you know, it didn't make it down. <laughs> didn't go down. <laughs> Yeah, they're probably gonna, and they and they might tell their friends too, and they might be like, your their friends would be like, oh man, that like, God, that kid is dumb. And also, they're gonna go home. God, I wish I had a kid with my kid. That's funny as all hell. And then (laughs) it just just ends up happening. But all right, because those that's some freaking great stories. But of course, your band census is at the basis podcast. Listening music is the reason why I wanted to bring you guys on here, specifically because again, like I prefaced at the beginning, emo is not dead. Especially according to Mr. Matt Cutshaw, those videos are still fucking hilarious. I'm not sure if you guys watch those, but those are fucking hilarious. But it's just like I'm starting to see the rejuvenation specifically of that kind of genre, especially in the new scene, especially after pop punk became another big thing in it with more, you know, pop artists or more uh, hip hop artists starting to kind of dive a little bit deeper into those influences. And it kind of seems like emo might be like the next step for kids to go into as well. So it's kind of like these seeds for emo to really come back to the prominence that it had back in like 2006, 2007. Those seeds are planted. Just there's got, it has to be like that one inciting incident for it to just pop off once again. And not going to lie, hopefully get that next year with MCR hopefully playing again. Ooh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Here's something I would like to bring up. When we got the email... Damn. I from you talking about doing the podcast and you said a lot of the things you just said. I immediately screenshotted it and sent it to my band. Mm-hmm. And Jathan was all being weird about it. And he was like, emo band, like where and then he was like, he compared us to MCR. Now I would just like to say, uh, and I know you weren't actually comparing us to MCR, you're just using it as an example. I fucking love MCR. <laughs> That's like my favorite band of all time. And I was like, dude, we're like emo as shit. And that's the greatest band ever, so I don't know what you're going on about. <laughs> and I just wanted to bring that up. Just wanted to bring... Hey. He told me he would do that. I'd just be talking shit. But, like, I'm not an MCR <laughs> fan. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, understandable. I mean, you know, different music for different people. I talk to people all the time that have different musical tastes than, you know, people in their own bands or even for myself as well. So it makes total sense. But kind of bringing it in there, especially with, like, the label you guys are on with Adventure Cat, just seeing some of the other bands that are on there as well. It's just seeing the, like that rejuvenation of that style come back once again and seeing where a lot of people, especially our age that, you know, now actually have disposable income to potentially go out and see these shows and support these live bands. Once again, mm-hmm. it's if, if, you know, I'm using MCR as kind of like that catalyst moment because when they announced that reunion, like they were back and they were going to be touring again. I mean, those shows sold out just insanely crazy. So it's just, I, you, you see that, I, that, the prominence you see the prominence is still there yeah for sure no i totally knew what you meant I, they're like the emo mm-hmm. band when i think of emo bands 
And I remember watching, I love them so much. Like when they announced uh, their return or whatever, I didn't have the money for tickets or anything, but I remember I was in college at the time and I like pulled it up on my phone just to watch it sell out immediately. <laughs> I was like, there it goes. I wish I could see it. Like um, yeah, but no, I totally, I totally agree. I think pop punk here's, I was talking to someone about this like just a couple days ago. I think pop punk has been something that people love forever, like our generation, but a lot of people just didn't know it until like, I think, I think one of the biggest things that helped it out and people debate this for some reason, but when MGK dropped his most recent album, Mm -hmm. I feel like that was kind of when people were like, oh, mainstream artists can make this kind of music and it's really good. Like people listen to it and they're like, this is fucking awesome. Um, but like I was talking to one of my friends recently, we were listening to the old Camp Rock album, the Disney <laughs> movie, and okay. I was listening to it and I was like, this is, it was, what's that song? Mm-hmm. It's like, this is you, this is me, I'm exactly <laughs> where I'm supposed to be. And I was like, this is literally fucking pop punk, but like we were all just little kids like running around and we didn't yep. know any better. <laughs> like that, like all, there was, there was so much of that influence back in the day. And so it's like, it's nostalgic and people loved it, but they just didn't know at the time, I think. And so the bands that were like more extreme, like with the distorted guitars, I guess, like, but I don't know, even some, another song I got back into recently is um, About You Now by Miranda Cosgrove, which was like a Sugar Babes (laughs) song. Isn't that, do you know that song? No, but just hearing by Miranda Cosgrove, I'm like, what the actual hell? No, it's so, if you listen to it, it's literally pop punk. I remember me and my brother were listening to it and he had like never heard it. And I was like, man, MGK wishes he could sound like this song. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. So I think it's like, I think the vibe that people love about pop punk has always been around. They just didn't start recognizing it until recently. And I definitely think it's going to be good for bands like us. Yeah. Well, I would, I would definitely attribute a large amount of pop punk and emo's resurgence to like modern hip hop. And like, you've got artists like uh, Lil Peep and XXX Tentacion, you know, rest in peace, both of them they had both had massive followings and it was like very obvious that they were into pop punk and emo. Mm -hmm. Like if you listen to their music, like it's pretty like, it's pretty much emo rap, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and so it was already kind of working its way up. And then when MGK dropped that album, it just like, it was over, you know? Yeah. The doors just opened and now everybody is like all on board, Mm -hmm, but yeah, it's been going down for, for a little bit though. I, kind of had a feeling that it was going to be the next thing to kind of yeah yeah well up. things kind of things kind of happen in cycles too and yeah. so i feel like yeah emo well, was big, really big like 2006 to 2010 and now it's like just time for it to come back well the big thing that pop punk kind of has going for it right now like when you look at it on a societal spectrum is just that it's got the nostalgic factor for like older millennials and then kind of older to younger gen z's and then basically like rap and pop were taking over for a while and they, and, and they still are, but like Jared pointed out, it kind of started mixing with a lot of the emo and pop punk influences. And then when the mainstream artists, artists kicked in, that's where it kind of like, it's really, really driving now. So having all those different elements going for it is what's also helping with the resurgence. And 
that's kind of like how the 80s was the 80s had that nostalgic moment for some people but it didn't have the pop culture push that pop punk and emo music is getting right now and so that's why that like this agree with that era of music is surging a lot harder now because it has so many like key things going for it on on a societal like scale it, it yeah i mean that's what, how i've been looking at it at least i think the i think the 80s stuff is actually a lot bigger than you think it is jathan like if you look at the weekend yeah I mean, weekend he's one like, of the he's one of the biggest artists ever right now mm-hmm. and ever period yeah ever period 100 percent 80s Hundred percent. Like, there's yeah. no denying. I, I I'm not that. disagreeing on the yeah. '80s thing. It's yeah. what I'm referring to is like '80s rock. Yeah, '80s rock elements that got bigger, but '80s rock as a whole genre, <laughs> it, it 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 kind of like started to kind of come up, and the people were like, "Well, let's just use elements of this instead." Yeah, and then pop punk. I agree really with that. Over. I agree with that. Yeah, because like when you think of '80s rock, it's you know, you still get some of those heavier bands in there that for like harder rock, like ACDC is still very prime in the 80s. But when you think of the bands that were the biggest in the 80s, you're thinking a lot of the hair metal, the glam metal, the glam rock, that kind of stuff. You're thinking of bands like Motley Crue, Poison. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other good ones. Like, again, all the hair metal bands. Yeah. but Which we're all obsessed with. Well, well me, Jared, but, and Bo are at least. But, what, <laughs> I'm but like, like obsessed with them. I'm just very familiar. <laughs> Yeah, don't worry. So, so am I. That's what like my dad listened to, and that's basically what got me started in music. Was my dad and my, me and my brother. We'd go in the basement, and he had these like this old system tower speakers. He'd put in his CDs, and we just start blasting Van Halen, ZZ Top, Poison, air guitar in it. Like me as a two year old trying to air guitar, probably looks like like bad as all hell. But honestly, I still remember doing those, like having those ones. Some of the best memories I have, honestly. Yeah. But, Bro, hell yeah. I used to make my own music videos playing uh, air guitar. With, uh, it was, uh, I used Windows Movie Maker and a webcam on this old ass computer. And I would play uh, like Bon Jovi songs. And I would make my own music videos with like a broom. That's <laughs> Dude, literally to take that a, even a step in the worst direction, <laughs> me and my cousin, when we were like 10, would film each other with like a, a like a tape cassette camcorder with broom guitars That's singing awesome. um uh come on feel the noise right, right. <laughs> yeah dude, we both did our own single one and we were just looking there's no cuts no edits it was just raw amazing yeah okay man, pure expression that's funny but where i was gonna go at that point kind of bring it more back to like that pop punk emo yeah. and that 80s rock thing is when you know, it, I'm, again, I'm not going to include the 90s in there because right when the 90s hit, you get the grunge era to come in. And that was like the anti-hair metal, anti-glam metal, glam rock kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But then when you get into the 2000s, it's kind of like those, some of those elements came back. But the reason why that didn't fully like come back into a full resurgence, like what we're seeing today with pop punk and then and then kind of with emo, but like not to the same level that pop punk is. But hopefully emo can get to that next year. Again, I feel like just needs that like inciting incident. Where back in the 2000s, it's the the culture, especially the younger culture. Like you know, when we were when we were kids growing up, in that our parents listened to it, but we didn't want to listen to it because it was also our parents listened to. It. We weren't going to want to get into the same kind of stuff our parents want to, especially as we got to be you know a little bit more like a little bit older as kids, like you know like 10, 12, 14, 16, whatever it might have been. So it's like, oh man, mom and dad like this? No, that's icky. Ew, not gonna like that. I'm gonna like this instead. But also the fact that that kind of like the the oversaturation of things the 
the, 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 the large hair, the glam of it just did not connect with the generation that we're in. But take a look at like what pop punk is right now and uh, people that are getting into it, it's the next generation, but it's not like our kids. It's kids of people that were older than us that kind of, you know, were, you know, around that like grunge era, around that like late, like that late night era with like third eye blind, sugar ray, that kind of stuff. So they don't have that connection of, you know, oh, our parents like that. Ew, no. So they don't have that kind of thing. But the internet also really helps out as well because of how different you can bring in pop punk elements into things that people are creating on the internet, specifically with TikTok and the whole entire cat, like the, like the United Insta that honestly I thought was MGK's album, Tickets to My Downfall, where personally I'm not the biggest fan of them because I just don't like MGK's vocals as on that album. However, with having Travis Barker basically writing all but like helping write all but one song on those for the instrumentals. You can tell that like the instrumentals are such a big core and a big piece of it where if people, if kids are going to listen to MGK's album, my cousin listens to it. I'll listen to it with him. I'm not going to stop him because it's hel- he's getting into the music. Why would I want to stop that? Because right. he gets, because now, yeah. now he's an MGK. What happens next? He might start checking out some of the older stuff as well. Check out Fall Out Boy. Check out Blake 22 because of Travis Barker connection. And then the next logical step after that, honestly, is emo. So all of a sudden, next thing you know, he's going to check out MCR. And if he really gets into that, holy shit, all of a sudden, like a lot of other kids like this could happen to, and how TikTok could really help take this off as well kind of fall down the rabbit hole all of a sudden all those bands that are still making that kind of sound could come to the forefront and again i think that like that igniting incident would be mcr being able to go back out on tour next year yes i I totally agree i also think i think i'm part of gen z i'm only 21 but i think gen z is on the trajectory to be into emo because I was just talking to Bo about this the other night at my house. We're so fucking sad mm-hmm. about everything. <laughs> and like, that's what I'm, that's what I was saying about pop punk earlier is like there we're into it, but most people don't know they're into it. I only know I'm into it because I found it. I found MCR and escape the fate and all those bands whenever I was so young. So I just grew up listening to them, but like fucking Olivia Rodrigo is emo as hell, but mm-hmm. it's just emo pop. And so, or anti-pop, whatever you would call it. So I feel like people that are getting into pop punk now, if they go down that rabbit hole are gonna, it like doesn't get any angstier than just emo mm-hmm. rock. And so I think when they end up there, they're going to love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and like-, to like go off of what Ben just said too. One, one thing I think is like really, really badass about the like Gen, Gen Z demographic is just like how they, like as a whole they're allowing their themselves to like stuff like this like you were talking about kind of like when we were younger and i'm like right there in the middle of millennium gen z but i'm I'm still old enough to know what it was like back then toxic as fuck everybody gatekeeped everything and gen z is just like fuck that we like what we like Mm -hmm. go suck a dick and i'm so fucking proud of that for them and like i think that's another big thing that's driving pop punk See, like with with me, especially doing this podcast, and also with the YouTube channel, anything anything to do with MSOT rocks, it's my whole entire mindset about it was that yeah, I like music, I love this kind of stuff. I know there's gonna be stuff that I like, and I know there's gonna be stuff that I dislike, but I understand that people are gonna like different things than I do. So why would I try and keep people from liking other things that might be similar to what I like? Because then we can talk about it, and then I might understand why they like that. I might un- they might understand why I like that, and then all of a sudden we start crossing over, and next thing you know, they're starting to listen to some of my stuff. For me specifically, I kind of go with more of like a band I know a lot more Gen Zers are into with AJR. I don't really like AJR at all. 
I made a video back in 2019. I thought their album was like my, it was my least favorite album of the year. And I had a bunch of fans commenting at me. It's like, oh, why would you put this on here? And I got into conversations with them just about music. I didn't want to know, like, I didn't want them to like come at me. I'm like, I just want to ask them, why did you like this album? Like, let's talk about this instead of just yelling at each other. And I got so many different Instagram DMs just with long, long responses, but thoughtful responses. And every single time I said, if this is how you feel about listening to the band, do not let my opinion impact your thought on the band. Because I'd much rather have you listening to something that's going to impact you like happily than, you know, tell you to like, oh no, don't listen to that. I'm like, I can give you suggestions of what I like and maybe something that like would be more in your realm over there, but I'm not going to say stop listening to that because kind of looking at like that millennial Gen Z thing, I'm still in the millennial bracket technically, but I'm on like the, like the, like pretty much right towards that cutoff end. Cause I was born at the end of 1994. So I'm like right at that cutoff end. But when it comes to that era back in like 2006, 2007, 2008, I was in middle school at that time. So I remember a lot of this stuff really happening and yeah, gatekeeping was a huge thing. And now with, especially with the internet, especially with social media. Yeah. There's a lot of less of that in terms of the younger generation, which I'm absolutely a fan of because even there's sometimes where music, it's like, Oh, kind of going a little bit more towards the hip hop realm, more towards the pop realm. I'm like, I'm not going to listen to that, but that's what they're enjoying. Why would I stop that? You're listening to music. You're connecting with music. No, no, no. Keep doing that because we can talk about it. We can have great conversation about it. Next thing you know, they're going to start listening to pop punk maybe. And then we talk about that and all of a sudden, bing, bang, boom. Then they're starting into some heavier, harder stuff. And now they find out that they like, you know, like motionless and white or something. It's like, holy shit, here we go. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, dude, like the thing that I've started to notice probably coming around like 2012, 2013 is a lot of the younger artists that were actually like breaking out we're just kind of like a melting pot of different genres and cultures. Like Tyler, the creator, for example, dude loved hardcore, skateboarded, loved metal and made hip hop. And you could kind of tell, but it was still hip hop. So if you just liked, you know, rap and not rock, you could still dig it. But then it just kind of kept getting more and more and more. And so it's like, people are just thinking, you know, I love pop punk and I love rap music. I love 808s. So why can't I do both of those at the same time? And so now like we're in this phase where <clears throat> before it was like 70s, 80s, 90s all had their own vibe. Mm-hmm. And it seems like now we're just kind of like taking a little bit from all of those different, you know, eras and creating new things out of it. And so it's really cool, like with uh, how pop punk is blowing up right now and emo is and like a lot of it, like we are still kind of rooted in metalcore like at the heart of it but our new record our the ep that we're going to be releasing in october is like it's got some heavy parts it's got emo parts it's got some strip like a lot it's got a lot of cool stuff in it but it all sounds like you know just us Mm -hmm. and that's what it should sound like it should sound like just you and before i go into some more of the music as well specifically with you guys there was one thing that you did say jared that i do want to pick up on where you're talking about how when you think of the 70s, the 70s definitely has their sound. You know, you, when it comes to 70s rock, you know what that sounds like. You know what the popular music sound like with all the disco stuff. When you go to the 80s, you know what 80s rock had at its base. You know what the 80s pop scene had, especially with a lot of the synths behind it. When you go to 90s, it's like you're thinking Nirvana. You're thinking grunge. You're thinking all that. Then when you get to the 2000s, it starts to get a little bit more muddied with pop punk really being a part of that. 
And I think one of the things that when Ben said, like, you know, people always like pop punk, they just didn't realize it. I still remember, you know, at times, you know, liking some of the stuff in pop punk, some of the stuff, you know, people still thought is cool. But when it came to like that younger mentality, it's you always want to be accepted by the crowd. You always want to be accepted by the popular kids at school. If they weren't listening to that kind of music, a lot of people shied away from it just so that they didn't have to face any sort of ridicule, bullying, whatever, or mm-hmm. any sort of like negativity, whatever it might be. I went down that path a little bit and then all of a sudden I was in seventh grade and I said, nope, I'm going to end up doing what I want to do and focus on my music. So everyone was listening to like whatever was popular, you know, Justin Timberlake, Beyonce. Here I am listening to Disturbed and loving every freaking minute of it. Um, I did get in trouble for that because I went to a Catholic school as well. So there's that. (laughs) But when it comes to like now you're getting to like 2010, 2020s, it's you're listening to some like the pop music and the rock music, rap, whatever it might be. And you're seeing so many more of these different blends of styles. You're not seeing anything like strictly as based. When I think of like the music of the 2010s, it's, I have to ask you, what genre are you talking about? Because everything has so many things. You think about, you know, pop in the 2010s, it's like earlier on, it had some more of those like real more produced styles of the 2000s, but go later on, you're bringing a lot more of these 80s synths back into it. You go into, you know, metalcore and you go to the early parts of the 2010s. It's, I'm thinking, you know, it's basically metalcore at the absolute core. I'm thinking bands like Kills Gay, Jazz, LA, and Dying, Early Nasty, and Alexandria. But then as I go towards the end of the decade, I'm thinking, you know, Bring Me the Horizon completely, you know, redid a whole bunch of that going forward. And then thinking about how many different other kind of options are there. Think about Motionless and White bringing more of this gothic rock style to it. And then the the theatrics and the horror of Ice Nine Kills. It's just like everything. There's there's so much more going on and so much more blending to the point where you can't have it's when you're asking what sounded like, oh, what's the bass sound of that decade? You have to be more specific on what genre you're talking about. It's really weird. But the other thing is just, I believe a lot of that is the accessibility of music because the internet has evolved so much since the night, since 2000, even since 2010, there is so much more ability to enjoy so much more music and to get so many other, these influences where these artists that are coming up like Olivia Rodrigo, what MGK is doing, they're able to get into this stuff a lot easier and they're able to get connected with it more, even with the people that, you know, if they're going to school and all of a sudden the popular kids aren't listening to that it's a lot easier to be focused in on what you're listening to because you can just pull it up on your phone, put your, put your earbuds in. No one's going to be the wiser. It's true. Bro, that's actually really fucking true too. I was sitting there like relating to a lot of what you said, because like I'm thinking back to when I was like in junior high and high school, I had like a little MP3 player and the only way I could put music on it was just to download it from like LimeWire or something. And so like what music did I listen to back then? It was what my dad listened to. It's what my friends listened to. I only had a handful of friends, so I ended up listening to a lot of like butt rock, and and I loved it. But that's what it—that's what how a lot of people refer to it these days. I was listening to like Godsmack and Avenged Sevenfold and blah 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 blah. YouTube pops around, and I started getting into like metalcore and stuff. But that was still just like branched off of like related videos to the music I was already listening to. And as technology's progressed, we have like TikTok and shit now. Now I'm at a point in my life where. If someone asks me, like, who's your favorite artist, I literally have to say, pick a genre and I'll tell you. Because, like, I, everything's so accessible now. I literally love something from just about every genre. And it's just because it's that available to me that I, I have the ability to easily be exposed to it. I think, just like you're saying, that's another reason that pop punk is probably benefiting from that as well. Because there's a lot of people that maybe they didn't want to listen to that music because the weird kid in the hallway was roaring at them. <laughs> but they saw a TikTok and the vibe was right on the TikTok and they were like, yo, this actually jams. And now they're listening to pop punk in, in all sorts of other genres and, and yada, yada, yada. So 
technology definitely is like and in accessibility like you said it's a huge factor in why tons of genres are blowing up right now yeah that added a lot to like my college experience as well because i remember back my junior year of college the guys i live with they're like okay we're, if we're gonna throw a party they specifically told me i was not allowed to pick a song or like mess with the ox or mess with the computer because <laughs> they just wanted to play whatever was popular at the time like basically it was like whatever fetty wap was doing i always say his name like fetty wap, i love fetty I wap, to be a little bro. bit more like classy about it. i don't know why but, yeah that, that song was the most popular <laughs> song like my junior year of college but what ended up happening was was every time I got a chance, I'd go over there and I'd sprinkle something and then see what would happen. And a lot of times I would sprinkle in some of like the like more like party rap rock styles of Hollywood Undead in there. Just to see what would happen. And then all of a sudden I started getting a little more, you know, towards the pop punk style, just kind of like going a little bit more in there. Because I'm like, people know pop punk. Everyone's going to enjoy this at some capacity. And next thing you know, all of a sudden it's by the end of the year, it's like, okay, Kevin, can you create a playlist for us? I'm like, wait, what? You That's guys awesome. want me to do this shit? Okay, oh, yeah. cool. And then and then they told me just don't put your favorite band there. I'm like, motherfucker, we <laughs> can I put I'm like, can I put them in there like, you know, in the mid just one song in the middle. Just one song. Anyway. Okay, but it better be a good one. I'm like, I'll make it a good one. And what's better than Savior by Rise Against right in the middle of a Oh, it's a good song. Of a of, of a a bunch of college kids drinking and all of a sudden people just are like, Holy shit, we remember this song. I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, the seeds for, especially for pop punk, especially, like, with the, like, the generation that, I, like, you know, we're in, that, especially that I'm in right now, especially, you know, like, your mid to late 20s group, it's a lot of us that were going through that initial wave of pop punk, a lot of us liked some of the stuff that are, liked a lot of it, but because of different, like, societal pressures that we had at school, mm-hmm. we didn't listen, like, forcibly listen to it or forcibly speak out about it because we were afraid what people were going to say. But then now it's just apparently because now it's pop. It's it's like think, seen as like a popular thing on the internet with the younger generation. Holy shit! Now everyone wants to listen to it, and all the people that liked it at some point are like, "Hey, we still like this back in the day." So we like this, we like this, we like this. So all of a sudden, you know, you go to like emo nights or sad boy Saturdays, and you're hearing all American Rejects playing. You're hearing Red Jumpsuit Apparatus playing because you're hearing a, a day to remember. And even with the DJ on stage when they're playing a day to remember, we're still creating mosh pits in these fucking you know little like venue bars and just going absolutely nuts. And you know me. T- taking hits to the face and not caring about it because I'm like, this is fucking awesome. (laughs) Where you said uh, you you brought up Hollywood Undead a minute ago. And (laughs) now I just like, every time I hear the like name Hollywood Undead, I'm like legally required in my brain to share my experience with that band. Um, So when I was 14, I went go-karting with Hollywood Undead. (laughs) (laughs) I've never even heard this. How is this not your initial story? But please continue. I swear I've told you guys this. I have two funny stories from my experience with Hollywood Undead. Uh, so my dad, uh, for a while when I was younger, he worked for the local radio station here, 100.3 The Edge. And so every time they put on a show or, or whatever, and he was working it, he'd bring me. And after a while, I they basically was free child labor for them. But it was definitely <laughs> volunteer. Um <laughs> I was like helping set up the shows and take photographs, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, so I went go-karting with Hollywood Undead. And my main fever dream memory of that was just there was this one moment where uh, Charlie Scene, he was like in front of me. And at some point, his cart got turned sideways on the track. And I'm just coming full speed at him. And I make eye contact with him. And he literally is like my vision went slow-mo. It was just him going no <laughs> and i like smashed the fuck into his car it was fucking hilarious and now the second story i have which is the same day makes me feel bad about it because apparently charlie was going through some shit 
<laughs> and so um, basically, long story short, before Hollywood set that night, I was backstage and I was literally, and this is so crazy. I'm 14 years old and I'm backstage with a bunch of grown ass adults getting fucking plastered. <laughs> and I'm having a conversation with Johnny Three Tears. I don't even remember what the fuck we were talking about. But at one point, I'm sitting there looking over and I see Charlie is like over like in the grass. Like we were in a parking lot. He's sitting in the grass on the phone and he's just like bawling his fucking eyes out. And I'm like, yo, what's wrong with him? <laughs> and Johnny's like, oh, uh, yeah, he's been arguing with his girlfriend for the last like week of tour and the motherfucker won't stop crying. And so I was just, I don't know, it was one of those moments because like you think about the content of their lyrics and it's like, wow, they really are emo. He's sitting here crying before his set and he goes on stage and kills it. And I'm just like, bro, you were crying like 30 minutes ago. That's fuel, man. That's fuel. Dang. That's emotional feel the fire. But I did no idea about that. Like, I thought that was like, just hearing those stories, like I thought that was gonna be your initial crazy story. And I'm like, but holy shit, I'm glad I brought up Hollywood Undead because this is whole, this is awesome. I've got too many crazy like show stories. Like I could take up this whole podcast with famous people doing dumb shit. <laughs> we easily could, but I, I kind of want to go back to something that, you know, right. that Ben had initially brought up, especially with your music as well, because it kind of all ties into this where you're talking about how the, just the different influences that you guys have had over the years of the music that you've listened to, where you listen to some of the music where there's other elements that are sprinkled in there. It's not just straight. You're like, you're going to sprinkle in some pop on there. You sprinkle in some metalcore styles in there, sprinkle in some alternative stuff in there as well. And especially on the single that you guys released on August 20th called tilts. I got a lot of all of that coming in all at once. So I'm like, I could see where some of these influences are really being picked up here and there to the point where people can listen to this song and no matter what they liked, you know, kind of back at that point in time in life or what they're liking now, there's going to, they're going to pick out something in this song that, is gonna just oh shit i really like this part because that's pretty much what i'm like kind of going through I'm like okay okay oh that's the part that's my favorite right there it's pretty much what happened right there with me which part was it the breakdown for sure <laughs> yeah. the bridge and the breakdown thank, oh yeah thank you so much man yeah, thank you i love that compliment i agree it was that song actually funny enough like took us the longest to write <laughs> yeah it did well, of, dude we had we had like two different demos for it and then we rewrote it completely yeah, like, completely rewrote it used to sound like an 80s hair metal song because yeah. that's what i that's what i was into and like i was like writing all these riffs i was like really into it at the time which i mean it's i've always been into it but like i was getting into it heavy like in my writing and uh yeah it was cool we had to but... rewrite it a bunch of times because it just like wasn't it wasn't fitting our style but it was right. crazy because we kept like the same chord progression that was for the in, chorus from the original demo and the like verses. Yeah, that's like true. The, that's true. Yeah. But like we just changed every element of it completely, mm -hmm. but it ended up really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was one point where like it was heavily electronic and the verses sounded like a drunk dude singing a Lady Gaga song at karaoke night. <laughs> it was true. bad. Oh yeah, it, it wasn't bad. And no, like nothing was uh, synth wave drums. Ben's vocals no. were fine, but it was just like the way we wrote the track, it just wasn't clicking. Then we but, got it right. We just decided to be really experimental for a little bit. Yeah, we had to work through some phases. But that's what you do when you write music and you're writing all this stuff out. You're trying to find the best sound, the best sound and the best overall song that you can come up with, especially for whatever you're trying to come through with the meaning of the song. And it's 
especially now because I had a recent conversation with Landon from the plot and you about this very specific thing when it comes to how they created their new music over the whole entire quarantine period where they finally had the time to just really hash through every single potential idea that they had. And it seems like that's what you guys did here where it's like if you had an idea of, you know, maybe the song can go here because you rewrote it so many different times where, all right, maybe this can go this direction. And what happens if it goes this direction? Why we put this influence in there? You guys have the freedom to try that, really work it out because sometimes those ideas that when you think about them an idea, like an idea or write about on paper, they seem like the craziest, never going to work ideas or they seem like the ideas that are going to absolutely work. And sometimes you try those ideas that absolutely work and they just fall flat or sometimes you try those crazy ideas that you think no way in hell is this going to happen and then you you put it you, you write it you record it you put it down just see it as a demo and then you listen you're like holy shit this is the way to go and then you build off of that that yep. was That's jared a, with yep. tilts i feel like yep. like we we wanted we had this one i just remember insane riff that we wrote for tilts yeah, that came yeah. after the first that course. was a cool riff i'm man. still pissed about that by the it way. was a super cool oh. riff but like the way the strong the song was structured we just decided to take it out but then we wanted to still have a cool riff at some point in the song mm -hmm. and we had like we were sitting down and we were trying to like demo it out i think all of us were there we were we were and yep. uh we like just couldn't it wasn't clicking we couldn't figure it out and then jared is the drummer for a census but he plays guitar also and we were like jared you got any ideas and he was like i don't know maybe and then he literally played <laughs> verbatim the riff like the, the first couple seconds of the riff and we were like that's fucking no, he, sick he, and he was i think you were like i don't this isn't gonna work guys this is super yeah. dark this yeah. is super dark this isn't gonna work i was i, I was thinking yeah. man like this song right now has got kind of like a moody like pop punk kind of vibe and then this is like heavy and dark like yeah. almost like reminds me of like a gojira style right, riff. Right. and it's like holy shit but they all loved it we were so all into it yeah. i was like you know not sold on it the whole time like i mean even when we sent it when we said this song is done we sent it to be mixed like i wasn't sold on it and then we finally got like the true mix and it clicked and i was like oh my god that really like works and then we started like after that point it was like okay but it feels a little empty so i had covid and was quarantined and we were texting each other about what we can do to fill up the space and the breakdown. And so I just got uh, like, had basically transported my studio into my house for a little bit <laughs> and uh, just went through a bunch of different synth options and sent like 50 videos to these guys. And then we finally like found the perfect one. <laughs> yeah, I actually remember being so happy about that part because I was at the pool at my apartment complex and I remember sending a voice memo to the chat and I was just like, bro, I really just, I feel like the breakdown needs some like rhythmic type of synth or something over it, but I don't know what. And then Jared was just like, I got you fam. And literally like the next thing he sent, I was like, that's fucking it. That's exactly what it needed. That is so fucking good. And I love like, Jared and Bo both are like this. You can literally just kind of like kind of say like, I want something kind of like this. And they'll literally just fucking do it. Like <laughs> perfectly. <laughs> I'll say if you get, if you have people in your band or you have like producers that you work with that are able to do something like that, where it's, you have an idea it's like, okay, this is kind of what I'm thinking about. Maybe to put this down and all of a sudden next thing you know, they're pulling out whatever they can think of in the top of their head and they give you an idea for it. It might not be the perfect thing right away, but all of a sudden it sparks the idea and you actually get a like an audio example and you can kind of start picking it apart because now it's your vision or your thought is starting to come to life. And it's like, okay, 
I like this part, but you know, maybe we got to tweak this a little bit. Maybe you got to tweak this a little bit, but you're on the right path. And by trying out so many different things, that's what happens when all of a sudden, you know, where a song is going, you know, where the emotion of it is going. And you want to make sure that that's always brought out in a consistent way with every single part of the song and with so many different transitions that you might be going through. But the key is always trying something different because you might have the right idea, but just the smallest tweak has to be made in order to make sure that, you know, like maybe it's a pre-chorus into a chorus or that bridge and the breakdown, make sure that that transition and the sound just fits perfectly between one and the next, perfectly transfer the emotion of the song from that one part to the next. Yeah. Dude, the thing, like what you just said really just made me think about how cool it is to work with these guys. Cause like I only joined the band like right at the end of 2020, like as an official member, but immediately, you know, I came to learn that we're all super open and inclusive in the creative process. And what I love about that, as opposed to there just being like a guy who writes all the songs and then everybody does their thing with it, is that we're all simultaneously like in agreement with what we are creating and what we are producing. So like that just creates more of like a bonded feel, especially when it comes time to play the shows. Like I've played in so many bands where the songs were already written and I just had to learn them and I just couldn't really get into them. And because of that, it always felt like I was playing a different song than the rest of the band, mm -hmm. like just the way that it felt to play. Yeah. And so like when you're with the group and you're all like saying yes or, you know, no, and working it out, it just, it makes everyone, make sure everyone is on the same page, yeah. you know, and we're all like, we know what we're presenting the world. Exactly. Yeah. I, think, I was saying, I think using Tilt is a perfect example of this where with, especially with the meaning that you guys brought in the song, which we can definitely go into because I've got like, you know, maybe like a paragraph worth of like trying to decipher the meaning on this song. But when it comes down <laughs> right. to it, especially a lot of times when you have meanings of songs that have a little more of this like emotional core to them, What's going to happen is if you guys are creating them together, each of you have gone through different things in life that have that emotion at the base of it. But because of the different uh, experience that you've had in life, your mindset's going to be going potentially to relating different sounds. And this is how people relate to music more, where you could have like an alternative rock track that's going to talk about depression in a way. This That's going to, a metalcore track might do the exact same kind of thing, where the emotions are going to be the same and the way it was felt is going to be the same. But the presentation of it is completely different based on the style of music. And it could be somewhere... I could be talking to my best friend and he could be relating more to like a softer, more indie rock, more uh, potentially letter post-hardcore, more alternative rock sound for something about depression. And then for me, it's like, no, you know, you go to metalcore, you get the rougher, the rawness of it. It seems like it's a lot heavier and a lot darker because I've gone through stuff like that in life and it just relates more to what I've gone through. But with you guys, if you're able to work your work through these ideas and these songs, especially where the emotion is going and feeling those meanings together, then it actually feels like you're playing your song and it feels like you're playing that, especially that has a lot more of like this, I would say emotional and mental concentration to it within your own self. Absolutely. Yes. 100%. <clears throat> I'm curious to know what this uh, paragraph you wrote is. Yeah, man. Spill the beans. Alrighty. So when it comes to tilts, let me, let me turn my chair over this way. Cause right. I've got like, I've got three full pages of notes, usually like half a, half a page of like, just like little things on the band. And then it went into tilts and the rest of it's like two and a half pages long, just on the song itself. Because well, you guys put out music. I want to know everything about it and try and figure out everything about it. So Whenever I start to look at music, I always try and look at the meaning first for that specific reason because it drives so much of where the instrumentals are telling that story, how the vocals are telling that story, how everything comes together because 
I've found that I've loved songs that I probably wouldn't have initially liked just through this process. It's it's awesome. But when it comes to tilts, I thought the meaning is about feeling stuck in life because of a toxic romantic relationship that you've had in the past. You guys explore the concept of a former romantic partner that you've had, and they prevent you from being yourself and going after the dreams that you've had based on their premonition of your life and how they wanted you to work around their plan for your own life. And this song explores how that person is now out of your life, but your love for them was so strong so that they're always kind of in your mind that continues to keep you wondering, holding you back. And then as time goes on, you feel like your life is passing you by because you just can't let that go. And you basically created a situation within your own head that is not good for you overall. Jesus Christ, spot dude. On. <laughs> <laughs> that could not have been more spot on. No, yeah, no. I mean, I, I love, can you send me like that synopsis? <laughs> yeah, I, I, oh yeah, I easily can. I'll, when, uh, when I put everything together for the podcast into the email, I will send you just that. So, I mean, that was literally like 100%. So, it wasn't even 99%. So, yeah, I write <laughs> at the moment, I write all of the lyrics <clears throat> for Census. And, um, we with this song, I had that idea in mind for sure. Uh, I had a girlfriend that I was with for five years. We ended up breaking up around the same time that I was dropping out of college and my life was all crazy. And like, I had this like overwhelming, like just worried, like doubt and like anxiety about it. And I was like, I like could be, cause I thought I was, you know, going to marry this girl maybe someday. And we spent, we like grew up together. We spent so much time together. And I was like, am I fucking everything up right now? Like to just to break up with her, to pursue music, to drop out of college, all these things that are like not absolute. And uh, it was really scary, but we had, um, interestingly enough, I wrote the chorus to that song and it was different than it is now, but um, Matthew Clark from our label, I sent him the chorus and he was like, this sucks, you should rewrite it. Um, So I rewrote it and it ended up being for the better for sure. It's probably, I think it's my favorite chorus I've ever written. Um, very catchy very personal but that was like the bulk of the song for a long time because I'm just not very good at writing on a schedule Um, also I uh, so I had like the idea for the song in mind all along but I didn't end up finishing like finalizing my lyrics for both verses until the day before we shot the music video that's right yeah that's true I remember I was like, the we were night- out there practicing and you're like, which one's better? Which one? <laughs> the night before we were practicing the song and, it, and I took everyone outside and I was like going over all my ideas mm-hmm. for the lyrics. And I was like, which one of these is better? And we like kind of sorted it out that way. And then my throat was also fucked up at the time. And so like, I was super worried that the vibe was going to be off of the music video. I wasn't going to be able to sing, even though it was, you know, pre-recorded. But um, that morning I woke up, throat was feeling better. I tracked uh the verses i had just written over the demo and exported it so that we could go to the music video and be able to listen to that um but yeah i guess that's kind of a side story but i just wanted to mention that yeah. I mean, it's it's a cool side story but again again when it comes to like the meaning of the song it, it's something where i've had a similar experience like that as well on two different aspects so really when it comes down to it, it's because there are different times where it's this i had i was always friends with this one girl and i kind of never really pursued anything else because i was kind of like always hanging on to this notion of oh maybe this will happen maybe this will happen and it just preventing me from necessarily going forward and trying something on my own or you know getting just becoming more confident in myself 
And all of a sudden, I, you know, that kind of broke apart. I ended up dating a girl for a year. And then that added to it as well, because then after I broke up, I'm like, you know, was that the right move? And it prevented me from moving forward with my life throughout all of 2017. And it was a lot of the catalyst of that that ended up leading me to do all the stuff I'm doing right now, especially with this podcast, talking to you guys right here today. So kind of especially for a lot of us, we've I, I can I can even assume to the listeners as well. A lot of us have gone through something similar like this. Again, how it all happened is going to be completely different from how it happened with you, but it's that feeling, that emotion is going to be the same. So that's how we can connect with this song all together. And it can come to the point where you guys are going to potentially play the song live. You're going to have, you know, 200, 300, 400, 600,000, 10,000 people singing this song right back to you for so many different, for so many different reasons, but the emotion at the base is going to be the same. Yeah. Yes. Very true. Yes, I love that. And I I definitely try one of my favorite things with writing lyrics. I kind of fucking hate writing lyrics because it stresses me out so much. Um, But I know that I'm like good at it. And so I love I like usually don't enjoy the process of doing it. But then I love like sitting back and looking at it when it's done. And something I always try to do is just like be as it's like I've heard it. I, I think I did a different podcast one time where somebody described it as we were going over our song, uh, I Can Feel Eternity. And they were like, it's so specifically vague in the perfect way. And I was like, yes, like I love <laughs> that way of describing it. So I always try to do that because like, even if you're talking about something that can be so specific to make it more metaphoric just means that people can take it in any kind of way. And then mm-hmm. you could be, you know, sad for whatever reason and listen to one of our songs and apply it to yourself and, I think at the end of the day, just like being making stuff that feels as relatable as possible is just what I try to do. Well, absolutely. And I love what you said about that. You know, you when you write something, you don't want to make it so specific because unless someone went through exactly how it's detailed right then and there, the connection is not going to be as strong. Or if you go through it way too vague to the point where no one knows where the hell you're actually going with this, then people get lost in the shuffle. But if you make it metaphoric enough to the point where it's kind of just like an emotional guide through the song, but it's really when it comes to putting the whole entire story together and all the pieces together, that's up to you. It's just the way the instrumentals and the way the vocals and the way the lyrics all come together. It's kind of walking you hand in hand down this path in your mind to really experience this kind of guiding you through those emotions. But when it comes to, again, putting the whole entire specifics together for the track for someone to relate to, that's where their mind's going to come in through those metaphors and make that connection to the point where, again, how I connect the song and how you connect the song, the reasons behind it could be two completely different things, but that emotion at the base is going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love that, that you're saying a lot of this because like, like one of the things Ben's described when he's written the song that have always clicked with me is like strict, like literally in the song title tilts is, you know, two in love to stay and when, when Ben's, the sentence Ben said was that he was, he's too in love with music to stay for all the things that he like has been told by other people he should have in life, like getting married. And of course you'll do that one day, but it's like not his focus. You know, some people we'll that's see. like their sole focus, mm-hmm. um, but like, you know, like, you know, getting married, going to school, have, you know, long-term relationships, blah, 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 blah. And the song in and of itself, it's like an, it's like an affirmation of like, it's okay to pursue your passion and you shouldn't feel bad about all those things that you feel like are flying by you. But we're also acknowledging that those things are flying by you and you are experiencing those negative emotions. And it's kind of like the song, like we're inviting you 
to just kind of experience your own emotions for a minute and heal from that. And, and then we're also kind of layering in that deeper message of just, you know, whatever that passion is that you have, whatever drives you like be too in love with it to stay for the things that are holding you back. That was and again, yeah. I'll, I'll say, and coming from myself, that's something I a hundred percent relate to as well. And when it comes down to it for a disclaimer for the fans, if you're, if you're someone who, you know, when it comes to find happiness, it comes finding happiness from just kind of that, you know, I would say the cookie cutter lifestyle where it's, you know, you, you go to college, you get a job, you get married, you have kids and you go through the whole, all of that. If that's really what you want to do in life and that's what really makes you feel happy and fulfilled by all means, go and do that yep. because that's what's worth for us. Uh, like for, for us over here where, when it comes to, especially with music, it's, that's our passion. This is what makes us feel, feel this is what makes us feel happy. Like this is what we want to do. And yes, we understand that some of these things are going by us. I mean, for myself, like right now, I'm 26 and be 27 by the end of the year. I'm seeing friends starting like really getting married. Like, you know, basically like that time in life where everyone's getting married, that time is really getting going for me right now. I'm seeing people have kids and here I am by like single, but talk about music. And I think about it where I'm seeing life pass me by consistently in those aspects. However, I look at it and think, you know, at times it does kind of feel like, oh, I'm missing out of it. But then I remember, what do I like to do the most in life? What's one of my, what's my favorite thing to do? And my favorite thing to do, honestly, is sit down at this, at this desk and do this. Because I've noticed whenever I could be having a long day, just a bad day. I mean, the last couple of days for me have just been really, 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 really long. But man. I see you guys pop up in this in the Zoom in the Zoom call thing, and I'm like, my energy just gets kickstarted because I, every all the music, everything I get to connect with in terms of the music, and then I get to connect with you guys. As well, it's just it's the most insane thing ever. I absolutely love it. And then when I get to go to shows and actually get to see you guys perform live, it's a whole added thing to it. It's just I found what I, I found what makes me happy. So I'm too in love with this to stay in something else. Uh, that, Good. That's amazing. Man. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Never stop. Never. You said you're from Milwaukee? Yeah. That, is that in Wisconsin? Yes, it is. Okay, cool. Y'all got I, some good I don't cheese. Know if I, can I was just wondering. <laughs> no. Got some I hope good. we can play for you and meet you someday. Yeah, that would be awesome. Well, I'll, I'll put it to you this way, guys. I do travel a good amount of times to shows as well. However, just because, well, me doing all this stuff as well and different schedules. I haven't been traveling as crazily as to other shows as uh, of course, because of the pandemic as well. But usually when it comes to like shows for me, I'm like, Oh, if it's in Milwaukee, that's fantastic. It's gonna be in Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, that's like a little less than an hour and a half away from me. Drive time. That's no big deal. Plus my brother lives there. Oh, go down to Chicago. Oh, that's just another hour and a half drive. Who gives a shit that? Cause if they're not, you guys are playing Milwaukee, you're probably playing in Chicago. Know some shows up in green Bay. Hey, that's two hours for me. And I know people live up there. So if it's at a night, I can crash their house. Whoop-dee-doo. Sick. It's it's a more it's like if you guys play around me, definitely come around. But the, I do want to jump in a little bit more into tilts as well, especially with because I said that bridge and the breakdown, that was what hooked me into this song, especially like listen, like okay, trying to go through it because I'll start out specifically with the chorus, well, because I did break this down because I like with the chorus, the drums here take this more straightforward, consistent, melodic pop punk emo beat. And the guitar here is what really stood out for me the most because the guitar volume is further back than what we heard like in some of the other parts song, but it has this like weedly style of notes that really are focused in on the forefront of the song right here. I'm like, because it creates more of this distorted feel for you to realize that your mind is the one that is really holding you back because you won't let go of that person. 
is a little less intense than I would expect, but I really like the idea to stick with more of that emo style at the core and at the base of the song's message. But then we get to the bridge, and at that point, I'm like, I really wrote, okay, what is going on here? Because the guitars <laughs> get a little rougher, the drums work with a heavier snare fill style at the end of each measure, and I'm like, are we getting a heavy emo metalcore style mix breakdown to really show the heaviness of feeling like you wasted so much time on someone that you've hung on to in your mind for so long? I'm like, holy shit, I hope I get the payoff here. Then the breakdown hits in. Yeah, we get just that right here because the drums are heavier with this consistent, like, you know, you get that crash cymbal, you flip it upside down, the consistent hits on that. There's like track distortion over the entire thing and the guitar see more of this melodic style against the drumming, but they're down tuned and rough and heavy as all hell. And oh, this is slick. You don't get that realization moment of something this heavy in the chorus, but you get this in the breakdown. Now the intro of the song, which has a little bit of heavier feel to it as well, is connecting the song so much better after this piece comes in. It also brings back this to the outro as well to make sure you don't forget this message right here with how heavy it goes. So yeah, when I'm like, holy shit, are we going to get this like massive breakdown that I'm like really hopeful that makes like the emo pop punk, but also metalcore at the same time? Yeah. And I was like, yeah! Woo! <laughs> Man. You, need to offer, you need to offer copyright services for bands. Like, you need to write people's copy. Yeah. Dude, yes. I love hearing. It's so cool listening to you, like, go over everything. Yeah. Something I think is interesting is, uh, so Jared wrote that, the beginning of that one riff, and then Bo finished it out, the breakdown riff. So we had, prior to that, the song wasn't super dark like so not at all that vibe just wasn't there and so i actually wrote the entire like pre-breakdown section myself just because we needed a bridge from where the song had been so far to the fucking nasty riff that we wrote and so i wrote it like super quick um and i loved that we had that part though because I remember telling Jared when he was tracking drums in the studio, cause we didn't have it like completely figured out when we got there. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want you to come into the like build up, like the pre breakdown, like don't like do like a crazy feel going into it. Make it seem like it just comes out of nowhere. And it's just like, Oh shit, something's happening. But I love that we like were able to put that section of the song because of what you just said. Like yeah. I, so much of it, so much of the song for me was just being sad and like wondering what I'm doing with my life. But then also there's that realization where I'm like, God, I've wasted all this fucking time, like for no reason. Why do I not just like let myself be? And like mm-hmm. just hearing, I remember when I showed you the first time after I had come up with that part, the, the lyrics <laughs> that I had written for that part. And like, I'm married to the melody, baby. God, <laughs> shit. And then just let it drop. And that was, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, I think it was cool the way you described it, too, because it's like when you layer in the way the song is structured to the song's meaning, like how you did it, literally, it's like that section. It's kind of like in real life, like sometimes you just got to fucking let it all out and like, you know, just work through it, scream a little bit. Yeah, because even like when I was going through like that horrible depression period that I had, it was, yeah, it definitely had a lot of that sadder feel to it. But then when it got to that point, I'm like, you know, I can't sit in this forever. I got to do something about it. What am I doing with my life? That's when like that anger, that breakdown kind of part would come in. And then it's like, you know, you go back to that chorus and it kind of has like a lighter feel to it. Once again, it has more of that pop punk emo-ish feel to it at the same time. It kind of, especially after that breakdown, it gives more of this clarity to what's going on. 
So it's like, it, for me, it was like, you know, if I related to what I was going through, especially with like, kind of go back to 2017, it's everything surrounding that is leading up to the, to the bridge and the breakdown. And when you get to that bridge and the breakdown for me, that's where it's like, I told my, I told myself, I ha- like, why did I waste so much time on this? I wasted, you know, nine months of my whole entire life between 22 and 23, just in this depressive mess. So I got to make a change and do something. And then that final course, I related to something. It was definitely me coming up with the idea that spawned all of this. Nice. So it just adds to it. However, that was just the instrumentals of those parts. There's also vocals that are over it that we can also break down as well. Cause I got, I got, I got them right here. I got the whole entire thing right here. Let's do it. Do it. Do so it. We'll go again. We'll start the chorus and we'll go bridge and then break down as well. Cause I put in the chorus, Ben's vocals really kept the same overall tone as they did through the verse and the pre-chorus and the overall pace is kept up with the guitars and the kind of pace, the style, the vocals of it, the, what it reminded me of, if I had to pick another vocals out there, Shane told the Silverstein, just kind of the way, the emotion, the flow. I'm like, Ooh, this kind of reminds me of some Silverstein stuff in a way. And I thought this is rather fine as the consistency of the whole thing provides it as a mood that we need to keep this pressure on what we're thinking about to realize what our mind has done to us. But I'm like, you know, maybe at times a little more variety might make the chorus stand out a little bit more. However, in that final chorus, this definitely gets remedied with some higher pitch backing that I would swear you could add Kellen Quinn to this track and it would definitely still fit. Yeah, sound like it would fit perfectly with how a little bit more of those higher pitches. And I'm like, this really adds to the overall feeling so much more by showing emotion at the end of the song that you can overcome, that you have overcome the understanding that you're the one doing this to yourself and you're the one that can make the change. Again, relating it back to what I had said earlier, kind of how I related to it. But then you get to the bridge and Ben, the lower, rougher vocal style Again, like a rougher Kellen Quinzel, and then proceeds to get rougher on pace of the drumming until we get this unclean vocal to take us into the breakdown. And I literally wrote down here, fuck yeah, because this is something perfect for this song. It adds that heavier factor to the overall sound of the song that the intro had and shows more of this deep, conceited letting go of your anger and that person to finally start making the change in your life that you have to make. Yes. That was so good. That's yeah. better than the real reason we did all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> that was so amazing. Hey, sometimes uh, sometimes the real reason might be different now, and just be like, "Hey, what does this? Mean? What does this mean?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just it's like, "What does this mean?" All right, just send me it, and I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I I do need to shout out Jared. Um, he's the one who did the actual screams because I don't do that anymore um but we layered it in a way i was so happy leading up to it i was really worried because we had never tried it before me too. like how it would sound but me like obviously i did the singing and the like the i miss the way that you that part and then i like yelled leading up to it and then he like kind of came in and we just kind of crossed them together um but it worked it sounded so smooth and i am very happy with how it turned out Oh, it absolutely sounded smooth. And yeah, they, the next time you guys come out with the song, it's like, okay, does this work? Just send it my way. And I can be like, okay, let's just listen to it. Give me like a half hour. And all of a sudden I'll send you back with a fuck ton of notes. That's awesome. Yes. That would actually be awesome. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. And not only that, but like, because I, I know uh, uh, Jathan Brothers over, it's like, you know, potentially doing like, you know, we create some like copper stuff, like compressed style stuff. I've actually thought about that. And there is a smaller record label that I'm, potentially that I'm trying to talk to you about it because I'm good friends with them. I'm like, you know what, if you guys have some, like for some of the bands, you guys want some like those press releases for me to like add my take on some of it to really like, especially for the meaning of the song to really go deep into it. Just let me have, cause honestly I said, let me, let me have, you know, 10, 15 minutes. I'll get, I'll get a song done right then and there. Just boom. And hey. I pretty much will 
as long as I have the lyrics in front of me and I have the song in front of me, just let me get lost in it. I'll have it for you. Yeah, honestly, like a, even just a YouTube channel, like I would watch you like talk about rock bands and shit. Like you're so, what did you major in in college? I was also wondering. Economics. Oh, okay. I was not <laughs> expecting that. I was thinking like art, theater, something, or like creative writing. Like that was so, your synopsis was so like, just, I don't know. It was very, it wasn't just like the baseline, like what it was about. Like you went so deep with it. It was really cool. One of the biggest reasons I do that is just because, again, when it came to getting out of that depressing, music was a huge factor for it. And it was something where I finally connected with something again, where it was, I felt alive, honestly. So going that deep into it and getting this creative with it was something that kind of was, a, in, a, in a way, a labor of love. Mm. But on top of that, I kind of looked at it another way and I thought, huh. Maybe I might be good at this. And the reason, and like taking, never like being like any kind of like art major or anything like that, I think actually helped because I was able to form it on my own and then not have like these preconceived notions of, okay, you know, when you analyze something that has to be analyzed in this manner, like this creative manner. No, I'm doing it on my own and doing it my own way just because I connect with music again differently than anybody else is going to connect with it. Then, then you guys connect with it. You guys are going to get with it any, in, in a way that's unique only to you. But again, when we really kind of come into it, it's like, hell, I'm just going to keep doing this because honestly, this is fun. And this is how I get into so many different songs than I ever have. I mean, hell, I recently released a video about trying to figure out the band, my thoughts on the band Love Bites from Japan. And I'm like, I know they've got a feverish fan base, so they might not like some of the stuff I'm saying, but like, I'm trying to go as, as deep as possible I can on some of these things with the sound and really trying to understand if I like stuff about them, if I don't like stuff about them. When it comes to the podcast, when it comes to any album I get to like look at and review, I mean, when it comes to an album, I'll take six, seven hours just to try and go through 10 songs. Sick. Wow. wow. <laughs> that's, really a some time into it. That's, that's really awesome to hear, though. Do you have any clones? We need more people like that. <laughs> yeah, we sure do. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I can. I mean, we don't live in like some kind of weird like fantasy world where I can just like make a clone of myself. If I could, I mean, I'd probably end up trying to like make a clone of myself, but then also tweaking the ideas around like what music they like. So I could basically expand on this to every other genre possible. I mean, I can grab my phone. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I was just trying not to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. Sorry, his wife is, uh, or well, fiance, fiance, yeah, fiance yeah. is texting, wondering where he is. Ah, you're good. But yeah, again, it's just something where hopefully more people start going that deep into music again because it's just yeah. such an emotional thing. But hell, if I'll put it this way, if they're not, I'm still going to do it. Right. Yeah. yeah, it makes me want to send you like every song we're about to release and just be like, hey, so what do you think about this? Like, I want to hear it real quick. Tell me. <laughs> For sure, every day. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> okay, so I'll ask you this. I've got an idea. When does the EP come out? October the 20th, right? October, yeah. October the 20th. Okay. Um, when does this podcast come out? It'll be out in September. Okay. Sick. When are we dropping the next single? I don't know. October 2nd oh, or 1st. October 1st. First. I, just, I was trying to figure oh, out if Paul's we could talk birthday. about the secret sauce. But we, we can't talk about the secret oh, sauce. Understandable. Right, yeah. what, I was, what I was going to say is if you guys, if you want me to, what we can do is set, like, you guys can send me the songs you have for the EP. I'd say send them, not this up, not the upcoming week, but the week of like, like Labor Day week and going through there. Cause I'm going, I'm going to be on the road for 14 hours driving from Milwaukee to Danville, Virginia for Blue Ridge. Mm-hmm. and I'm be needing something like even with my friends I'm gonna be needing something to do deep diving into music man yeah 
Do it. If we have them by then, we're still waiting on the full mixes, but <laughs> yeah. We'll our next, our next single we'll we're dropping has has uh the the biggest feature we've ever worked with. And so we're pretty excited about it. And you yeah. can't reveal it yet because it's the secret sauce. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Sauce. Understandable. But yeah, if you guys want us like again, what you guys have ready, if you want to send me them, I can send you like again, because the one for there's the one for this song for Tilt has about yeah, total wise about two and a half pages of notes on it. That's crazy. That's awesome, nice. dude. That's <laughs> epic. Because and I'll put it. I'm trying to think of another one that I recently did. Uh, like the, the one I did. Uh, the one I sh- that I'm gonna release right before this one with the plot and you with their new album that comes out on the seventh on September seventeenth. That one, ten songs. No, no page. No, my my Microsoft Word document for it, sixteen pages. God bless. And wow. that is like sixteen pages on a ten song album is what I found normal they wait they that sent awesome. they sent you the album yeah so we could talk about it on the podcast oh right that's it's, awesome it's an amazing dude i bet dude it's good right i think you guys <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i think you guys especially kind of hearing your guys is especially what you guys write along with your influences you're gonna find some things where you're gonna be like oh, how the fuck did they do that sick i can't wait i, I have a that. funny story about landon actually well, this is going to come out the day after the one with Landon comes out. So this is like a perfect segue. Fuck yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So um, do you know who Gabby Hanna is? Shoot. That name is definitely familiar, but I'm blanking. She's on. a YouTuber. She, yeah, she's a YouTuber. She's very in the media right now. <laughs> I'll just say that. But um, she, she used to be in like David Dobrik's click. And, oh, okay. Like, yeah. 80% of TikTok hates her. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, aside from that, um, so I have kind of like a big following on TikTok. And when I when my videos first like started kind of blowing up, Gabby Hanna, who has like she has like eight million like TikTok followers. She's like really big. Uh, She also makes music and she messaged me about like wanting to work with me on songs and stuff and I was like this is fucking crazy and it was like it was because of my drumming which is weird because like I'm a singer but <laughs> yeah it was kind of weird like the, those are the first like videos that started to do really well for me um so she messaged me about that and she like ended up giving me her phone number and we talked and we became friends um and then it was like this whole process where like she lives in Los Angeles I'm here in Arkansas and so it was like, we could like kind of go back and forth or maybe like someday I could go to LA. We could do like a writing session together. We couldn't ever quite figure it out. She was like, I've got this one song I for sure want drums on. And she was like kind of transitioning from pop into pop punk. So she was like trying to figure it out and wanted my help, I guess. Um, and so she sent me this demo and wanted me to put drums to it. And I was like, I don't remember why I was so busy at the time, but like, I think I was also just a little like depressed maybe or something, but I kept like kind of putting it off, but I really wanted to do it. Um, and then one day I just messaged her and I was like, Hey dude, I'm so sorry. Like the, the weekend I told her I was finally going to work on it. We got like snowed in in Arkansas, which makes no fucking sense. But um, oh, okay. I told her that and I was like, Hey, I'm snowed in. I'm so sorry. As soon as the snow like clears up, I'm going to go home and like send you the drums on this. And she said, um, Hey, don't worry about it. Like no hard feelings or anything, but actually Landon from the plot and you is coming over and is going to like help me produce my entire album, which like (laughs) just blew my mind because I was like, she's like, so like mainstream, like YouTuber big 
like hangs out with all these famous people that have no like they don't have no anything ties to the yeah they have no ties yeah. to like the metal scene and i was like and he's like the coolest person you could talk to in metal so i thought that was crazy but yeah anyway landon um tours swooped in and stole my job so we love you landon <laughs> we love you thanks bro. <laughs> i don't know just just hearing that of course just the literally the day after i recorded with landon the day the listening release the day after i released one with landon as well that's just like the perfect story to add in there However, again, with Landon's musical background, his style, along with his solo stuff as well, so well versed in so many different areas, it does make sense where he could yeah. definitely help her produce a whole entire album, especially with more of a pop punk generalized sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. He's amazing. He really is. Well, so are you guys. So thank you. Yeah. So are you. So are you. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the last thing I'll say before we kind of close this out is. When it comes to sales, I do always like to give like an overall summation of it for everyone who's listening. So here it is for everybody. So if you haven't listened to it, make sure you do it because then you'll understand where this overall is coming from. Because I said overall, Tilt starting out rougher was the way to go to bring more of the heaviness to this track to show that this is going to be a message that requires some heavier and angry emotions to really come to terms with. The majority of the song has more of a consistent feel with building drums between parts to put pressure on creating a realization moment. I thought it could have been mundane at times, but that all got thrown out the window when the bridge takes a heavier build to the breakdown that fits the song perfectly. It uses that energy and that anger that you lost out in the on life and points at because you hung on to someone mentally for too long and it is your motivation to change. That bridge and the breakdown are the things that really will make you giddy and will say hell fucking yeah when you hear this song. Amazing. Thank you. Yes. Well, thank you guys. And as we bring this podcast to a conclusion, I always like to give you guys a chance to say whatever you want to say at the end and plug whatever you want to plug at the end. So guys from Census, the floor is yours. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we've been census. If you uh, are confused by the word, it's C-E-N-S-U-S. A lot of people think we say census, like census fail. That's not us. We're census, like the population. Um, uh, we, anyway, <laughs> just we are the population. <laughs> um, but we, uh, we are census band uh, on every platform. C-E-N-S-U-S-B-A-N-D. Except for on Instagram, we're census the band. Um, we have Tilt, which we just put out. You can watch the music video for that and stream it on wherever you listen to music. We also put out a song called Ruin My Life, um, a couple months ago that we're super proud of. And we have the EP that's dropping October 20th and one more single coming out before that on October 1st with that secret vocal feature. Yes. Um, secret, secret vocal feature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that everything? I, I don't have... Yeah. anything to plug follow us on tiktok yeah dude follow us on tiktok that'd be <laughs> follow awesome us like individually TikTok. we're all like trying to grow individually right now what's yours bo census bo census i'm ben census i'm prana.tsw spell that out <laughs> p-r-a-n-a dot t-s-w <laughs> your username i can't remember what the movie is it's one of those like that's me baby nice Jason, mine is just my name yeah yep. Jason nider all righty guys well now it's time for me to end this with three separate things so first thing is 
You guys just heard this band talk about the fact they got a brand new EP coming out in October. You heard where you can follow them online. But I know you guys. I know you guys. I know everybody. You want convenience in your life. You don't want to have to search these up every which way and be like, oh, I have to follow them here. Why can't I just have this one space where I have every single link possible that I can just click on, takes me right there, and I can hit follow, subscribe, I can stream their stuff, whatever it might be. Kevin, can you please do that for us? I'm looking at you thinking, you know I do this every freaking time. Why do you guys ask? So when it comes to finding census online, when it comes to following along with them online, social media-wise, checking out their music, checking out their music videos, and following each of the guys individually on TikTok, look in the description of the podcast. You will see find census online, links, labels, everything in the description. So you have no excuse to miss out on this. So yeah, that's happening. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you. You're awesome. I think this is my favorite interview we've ever done. Yes. yes. Yeah, this was oh, really cool. I'm pretty sure I'm about to clinch it with number two. I'm already clinching. Yeah. <laughs> well, so whenever I have guests on the podcast, guys, that I absolutely enjoy having on the podcast, I like to make a certain promise to those bands because, well, this is what I like to do. Guys, I've made a promise to 100% of the bands that I've had on this podcast. This just keeps rolling on with you guys. So the promise, you guys, is not if. No, 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 not if. Promise is when. When I get to see you guys perform live for the first time. My promise to you is this. First round's on me. Woo! Hell yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Amazing. And I and I do pay up on that as well. You can ask Damian Drake from the band Red Star because the day before I shot this podcast, I went to go see him perform live and boom, got him a Bud Light. <laughs> first round. Love it, man. So Kevin, first round's on me. What is your Instagram? Um, <laughs> it's Kevin. So- <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> I don't have a personal I just have everything with the music one so just search up at msotd underscore rocks because that's where all this stuff lives I'm probably gonna change the name just straight to the core progression podcast later on or probably by the end of the year thinking about it not 100 percent sure but yeah but that oh. but when it comes to that Instagram I'm the only it's all my stuff I'm the one that works on it so it's all me so we'll you, definitely, yeah, we're gonna follow you. We'll definitely try to hit you up when we're like around the area. Oh, please do. I mean, honestly, you, of course. Also, you will all you will probably see that page and my personal page on like Facebook. Follow all your guys' stuff when I come to start putting this stuff together because when I start to put the links together, I'm like, oh, follow, follow, subscribe, follow. Yeah, yeah. So I never, <laughs> whenever it comes to bands in the podcast, I don't miss a thing, or at least I try not to miss a thing. No, you're great. You are great. You're the best. Yeah, but when you guys, you know, if you guys, when you guys get on a tour and you guys are, you know, potentially come around my area, just let me know. See what I can make happen. If all of a sudden it's like, okay, you guys are playing a show and I'd say like a Tuesday night. Oh man, I got to get down to Chicago. At least if I know a couple days in advance, I can make it happen. Sure. Hell yeah. Bet. So on that note, guys, I cannot in all good conscience on this podcast with a goodbye because... This was fun as all hell, talking about the resurgence of pop punk, emo, talking about your music with you guys as well. Not only that, but made the promise to you guys. I want to see you guys perform live. I got to pay up on my debt, and I'd love to talk to you guys again in the podcast in the future. So this is not goodbye. No, 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 no. This is just see you later. See you later. See you later, man. Thanks for having us. Later, dude. Well, well, folks, that's my interview with the guys from Census. Remember, emo is not dead, and these guys continue to show it. So when it comes to finding them online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, finding all four of them on TikTok, YouTube, stream their music, make sure you check out their EP when it comes out on October 20th. I'm going to have links in the description of the podcast for you. Use by that podcast, iHeartRadio, maybe Amazon, 
at this point. Hopefully, we'll see what happens. But make sure you do that because you're going to want to follow along with this band. One, I feel like once MCR finally is able to go on that like comeback tour, Emo is going to hit that resurgence. It's going to get that catalytic spark or catalyst spark that Pop Punk got with Tickets to My Downfall. So definitely make sure you're around for that. Remember to follow us at MOC Rocks. Again, every Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you can watch the Corporate Crash Podcast videos and some of the other great YouTube content we're coming out with, like the Rock and Elise the Shut Up video, the I Have Listened to Love Bites for the First Time and video, and, of course, the Marketing Genius Behind Ice Nine Kills video because we're going to be doing more of that crazy stuff like that here, and we're not stopping. I also want to thank Phoenix Fitness for sponsoring this podcast. Remember, 15% off on fnxfit.com using the code MSOGD. So thank you, Phoenix Fitness. And on that note, <clears throat> that's going to be free today, guys. Thank you for listening to the Chord Progression Podcast brought to you by MSOGD Rocks, Rock and Metal Thrive, because my name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one up with a big, healthy, and hearty. See you